Upper Room has been a huge chunk of my life. Uh, now we're at 11 years. And um, this, this wasn't planned. This was God's plan. But it wasn't, it wasn't just like, we'll write this down and do this, or let's call some consultants and we'll figure out this. Nathan would say, and he has said, we started out looking for the ones that weren't there. We started out looking for those that aren't there. And that's where the richness of the gospel comes in. It really does. It's who's on the margins? Because the people on the margins, and we all can be there at times. You know, we get out of sync, we're on the margin. But from the margins is where the miracles happen. An upper room, for me, is a, is a miracle. You know, early on, I came back from Portugal. We had a little surf church there that we got a ton of credit, and we, we did nothing. God told me, he said, you'll plant a church on the shoulders of those that came before you, and you won't start anything. You'll kick the fire that I've already created. Nobody gets somewhere before me. God's always ahead of us. And he was ahead of us in the upper room. So the idea of planning a church, it was like, yeah, I mean, in Northwest Florida, I mean, you got a church on every corner. I don't know, you know, my apologies, but I believe God would agree with me. They're not all as vibrant as they ought to be. And there probably isn't enough looking to the margins. I read this week, I've, I've, been, I've been studying, I hope you get something out of it because I, w I went deep. But the gospel comforts the afflicted, and the gospel afflicts the comfortable. We're about to do both. I got, I got three hours of seminary. Okay. You know, I'll tell you how it happened. I'm doing a skateboard ministry at Olive Baptist Church. They may be listening. Thank you. Because they are praying for me. Because I love all of I was there for way before Ted Trailer, And they helped me. They grew me up. I didn't know two books of the Bible when I got there. And then 20 years later, they sent me out as a missionary. That's a miracle. But a skateboard ministry was like mission field. Every kid was lost. Nobody had two parents. And it really taught me that love works and the gospel works. Your pastor says all the time that this is his favorite message. Well, because it's one he's doing. And it's great. And it is because that's his day to give that. This one here, for me, is as rich as it gets. This is the plan for the whole plan. I want you to be looking at what happened in the Old Testament as we go through Exodus and how God foreshadowed this. He was trying to give us a hint 
This is what's coming. This is what's coming. He gave us the day. I just learned this. He gave us the day out of Daniel to the day. He gave us the place. He gave us everything. And guess what? Almost everybody missed it. Almost everybody missed it with all the detail. All the detail. A fellow came up to me the other night. I was sharing this, and he said, uh, they didn't believe him the first time. They didn't believe it. So that next time, he ain't giving us a date. He's just coming. The first time he gave you a date and you didn't listen. Next time he's coming, no date. Get ready now because he's coming. If you dig deep into this from Exodus to Revelation, that's a chunk. And that's where I'm going today. God help me. <laughs> Nobody does this. I've listened to a hundred sermons. I'm these guys forgot more scripture than I know. But God said, just take it. Take it on, baby. Let's do this. Something's going to happen. I'm going to read a little bit to get us started on what God's plan was. We know, we have, we know that there was a Passover. Okay, this is where this begins. This is Palm Sunday. This is 1,300 years before Jesus walks through Jerusalem, through the Eastern Gate. There is nothing in Scripture insignificant. I mean nothing. Nothing I'm reading. Everything is tied together like a tapestry. So Moses, they've had nine plagues already. And Pharaoh ain't budging. He is not budging. God's thinking, okay. Now Moses had, now the Lord had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. And after that, he'll let you go. He had nine, he didn't budge. This one he's thinking, he's going to let him go on this one. After that, he will let you go, and when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people, men and women alike, this is good. Ask your neighbors for all the stuff. The Lord made the Egyptians favorable to him. So you got the gold and the silver. You want to know how, where, where they got the stuff to burn it in the, in the wilderness? They got it from the Egyptians. They unloaded on these people in hopes that they would get rid of them. But they, they, they kind of liked them, but they wanted to get rid of them at the same time. The Lord said to Moses and Aram, this is the month, the first month. So God's creating a new calendar. In Babylonian terms, this month would be the month of Nisan, the 10th day of Nisan. You want to think about this because when we get into the New Testament, when we get Jesus coming, Jesus is going to ride into Jerusalem on the 10th day of Nisan. You keep, you keep the lamb for four days in your house. You got to have a perfect lamb, one-year-old perfect, no blemishes. Four days, 
you're going to see the four days later because Jesus is going to spend four days being inspected. His richest parables are in those four days. Going to take a lamb for the family, one for each household. This was for Israel. This was the Passover for Israel. The 14th day of Nisan at twilight, you're going to go ahead and slaughter the lamb. To kind of give you an idea where this is going, on the 14th day of Nisan, Jesus, according to the Gospel of John, is on the cross. Jesus is crucified while the lambs are being sacrificed in the temple. It's all one thing. The lambs are inspected for four days. Jesus is inspected for four days. They can't find fault with him. They, want, they try to trick him. They want to know. So he says to them, I was beautiful. He says, I'll, I'll tell you, by what authority, Jesus, do you do this? By what authority? He's thinking, hmm, okay. Let me ask you a question. Was John's baptism by man or by heaven? They, they got a group. They got their little group together. They, put, they pull it. They go, in. We, we don't know. If we say it was from heaven, why didn't we listen? If we say it was from man, why are all these people following him? They sensed John was, an, was a prophet. And John, he was. John was the greatest man that was ever born except Jesus. That's not my opinion. That's God's opinion. This is Isaiah talking. He says, talking of Jesus, he was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to slaughter. The lamb is what God picked. He picked it and he used it. And we need to really get some laser vision down on the lamb. Because the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is there. We get a, we get a little foretaste of this, a little bit with Abraham. Abraham has got the promise. Abraham is going to bring everything. He is going to be the father of the nation. People that have been in church, they know the story. Abraham, Sarah, she's old, he's old. They don't have a kid. Abraham takes a shortcut. Doesn't work out well. A whole new nation is born. Now we got Islam born out of this shortcut. But he waits. 14 years later, he gets Isaac. This is the promise. Now God's going to tell him, his only son, that through him is going to be everything. As many as the sands are in the skies, and the stars in the sky. He's, he's going to be everything. So what does God do? He asked him to, to sacrifice his son. 
take his son to the mountain. So they, they load up. They got the wood. They got the knife. And they, but they, when they get close, they, they, leave, they leave the servants behind. And the, they get up there. And Isaac is, you know, I would have picked up on this, I think, you know, like, where, where, you know, where, where, where's the sacrifice? Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? We have the wood. We got the knife. We got the fire. And God will provide the sacrifice. And this is what we're doing here today. God provided the sacrifice for us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We have a witness. And the witness is John the Baptist. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. John is the witness. And now today, those of us that believe, we, we are the witness. God help me as a witness. It's not just what I say. A big part of the witness is our behavior. Those who have traveled with me know that my behavior can deviate from, from the best. Uh, I don't do well with authority. I do with God, I hope. But I can, I can struggle with TSA. <laughs> I, can, I can struggle with it. The girls that have traveled with me in here, I'm not, I forget, we had a girls trip. and. We're, we're coming through Houston, and uh, they were having a lot of fun. They were, they were just having a lot of fun. They were laughing and having a lot of fun. And the TSA security, or Homeland Security people were like a little too serious. They're just having fun. They're going to take one of the girls in the back, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, right. I walk over there, and boy, these, these guys blew up. And I thought, I think I'm going to get whooped here quickly. I had, to, I had to leave, but it just, it's hard to be a good witness all the time. I, I can be a good witness sometimes. And with the poor and the down and out, I, I maybe do a little better. With the broken, I do better. With, with AT&T, I don't do good. Uh, I, I don't do good. My wife listens to me, I'm on the phone, and she's going, you don't sound like a missionary. <laughs> Thinking, I, I dropped that card for this call. I'm going, I'm going in hard. So we, we are a witness. We are a witness, and we, our, our voice doesn't make up for our action. Love is gonna be the strategy to get it done. In, in, in Christ is the only place we're gonna find the ability to love others. Loving those who like us, it's pretty easy. Loving those that dislike us, 
It's kind of extraordinary. Loving those that hate you is revolutionary. And in that, I think the power of God comes and miracles wind up showing up. John says this, he goes, I have seen that this is God's chosen one. We have a witness. The next day, a great crowd had come for the festival. They heard Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus, he knew this was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. The Pharisees were fearful it was going to happen. So a few weeks before that, Jesus is in Bethany. He gets word that Lazarus is dying. He knows Lazarus. He knows Mary and Martha. They are friends. This is close. He loves them. They love him. So the guy's dying, so what's he do? He just hangs out. He just waits. The disciples don't get it. Mary and Martha, this is, they're, they're pretty okay with him when he gets there. Because when he gets there, Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. But Bethany is like three miles from Jerusalem. It's right there. Everybody from Jerusalem loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they came out, and then they saw him die, and then they saw him get buried. Now, Jesus was, he's off. He's not anywhere around. He let that happen for one reason, so God would be glorified. So God would be glorified. So people would then know who he is. So, it's, so he rolls in, and they meet him. And there's people there. They got mourners there. I don't know if they're paid or unpaid, but they got mourners there. And he shows up. He isn't in the town, but he's there, and they come, and he wants to know, where'd you lay him? Mary and Martha take him to the site, and they're saying, don't, don't roll the stone back. Four days. This is not good. It's not going to be good. He said, this, this is to glorify, but I'm telling you what else it did. It heated up the antagonism. Raising Lazarus from the dead put a mark on Jesus. You, we have got to kill this guy. We've got to kill him. If we don't kill him, the whole world's going after him. The whole world's going after him. What are we going to do? What, what was at risk here was the whole system was going to tumble the temple tax, the high priest, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law. Everybody now is being pushed aside. The relationship with Rome and, and Israel, that's going to be out the window. He is going to ruin everything, everything. 
Let me divert here for a second. I wonder if people today say the same thing. I can't really do church. I think God help us if we're just doing church. I mean, if, 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 Sunday, if Sunday is it, it's not good. It's not good. So Jesus is setting this up. He is, he's stirring it. There was a warrant out for him before he came to Jerusalem. They wanted to know if anybody knows where he is, you need to report it to me. That's Caiaphas, the high priest. We, we, we need to know. We need to know where this guy is. Many thought, he's, he's not, he won't come. He's not coming. I mean, they got a warrant out for him. He ain't coming. He shows up at Bethany six days before Passover. Six days. People know Lazarus is alive now. Now we're having a dinner party for Jesus, the wanted, the wanted one. Three miles away from Jerusalem, the people came out. They came out. They see Jesus. They see Lazarus. They're celebrating, but not everybody. Some are heading back to Caiaphas. He's here. He's here. He's got the nerve to come back. Jesus is going to enter in on the 10th day of Nisan. The 10th day of Nisan is Lamb Selection Day. I shared this with my buddy here in the room a few years ago. He's been coaching me on, on how to preach here today. I won't call his name out because he'll, he'll, I don't want to embarrass him. But I told him, I said, Lamb, he said, I ain't ever heard no Lamb Selection Day. I said, dude, it's, it was, when Jesus came in, it was 1,300 years old. I don't know how old it is now. It's been going for a long time. Today is still Lamb Selection Day. Christ is the Lamb of God. Most people in the room have made the decision that they're going to go ahead and accept this Lamb of God as their sacrifice, as a sacrifice that God made for us to have a relationship with him. Jesus comes in on a donkey. Where, where, have you ever seen Jesus riding a donkey before? No. One place. Jesus rides a donkey into Bethlehem to be born. And then he rides a donkey into Jerusalem to be crucified. Jesus came to Bethlehem so he could get to Jerusalem. Jesus, Bethlehem, so, it's, you know, why would he go there? Well, he went there because Jesse was the father of David. And it's, and it's where you're gonna, he's going to pay his tax. So God orchestrated it so the taxes would have to be paid in Bethlehem. And Jesus would have to go. And Jesus is coming in on a donkey. Now, Bethlehem is not just, it's a little town. But it's a special town. Now, Jesus, think of Jesus as the Lamb of God that came into the world to take our sin away. 
and be sacrificed as a lamb to take our sin away. But Bethlehem is where the lambs are raised, the Levitical lambs. So Caiaphas, on the 10th of Nisan, on Lamb Selection Day, Caiaphas walks in through the Eastern Gate too with the lamb. And the lamb that he walks into is a Levitical lamb, spotless, perfect, for four days. Nobody writes a story this good. Nobody writes a story with this much depth. Jesus comes in, not very threatening. He's on a, he's not just on a donkey, he's on a two-year-old. This two-year-old now has never been ridden. But a king's mount has never been used before. A king doesn't borrow someone else's. A king has his own mount. Christ comes in. He comes in for peace. He's bringing peace. He's bringing peace through his death. The reference of the lamb, we have it in Exodus 12. No one else mentions the lamb in the Bible except John the Apostle. John the Apostle mentions it in John twice. And then where the Lamb lights up is in Revelation, written by the same man. Then I saw a Lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain and your blood purchased. With your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. And in a loud voice in heaven, they're singing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise. Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus knew what was written about him in Revelation before he went to the cross. The gospel does bring comfort to the afflicted. And God help us, the gospel needs to afflict us when we're comfortable. We need to be a little less comfortable, a little more in awe for Jesus, a little more quiet, probably a little bit more weeping and a lot more laughing. He put this together perfectly. And he just wants us to accept the Lamb of God as a sacrifice that was done for us. It, it's just there. Is it a hard pill to swallow? I, I don't know if there's a bigger pill. There's not a bigger pill. 
but it's the only way to do this. So today, if we think of today, the 10th of Nissan as Lamb Selection Day, let's bow our, bow our heads for a minute. Just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to make the selection. And if I've already picked you, Lord, as my Lord and Savior of my life, let me, let me, let me ask you to help me trust you more. Let me ask you to help me believe more. Help me to love more. Help me to be kinder. Help me to improve my behavior. Not, not for others, but for your name's sake, Lord God. Like John the Baptist, a witness. So I'm going to call Pastor Nathan up. He will close us in prayer. Let's think of Palm Sunday as Lamb Selection Day. And the Lamb has been selected by the Lord himself for us, for our lives, and for our salvation. Thank you. Thank you, Buck. Let's stand together this morning before we... If you learned something this morning, put your hands together. Wasn't that awesome? Thank you, Dr. Buck. I love what he said, how it was so obvious, but so many people missed it. And I think we live in a world right now that's so loud, but it's just constantly pushing distractions into our life. And what's really important, you got to really focus to see it now. You got to slow down and maybe not follow the crowd and listen. And what I love about the book of Revelation, when he shared that, it, this phrase is over and over and over. Give us eyes to see. Give, hear, he that has ears to, to hear, let him hear. So one more time, let's pray together. Because I think somebody in this room, you're hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You can trust your life into the hands of God. And it's so uncertain outside of that. But here, Dr. Buck has laid it out several thousand years. This story has been told and has been completed and we get to see it from the other side. That there was a lamb that was picked that was brought into this world and that today, 2,000 years ago, rode into Jerusalem and the whole world missed it. And so Lord, in this moment we pause God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to us this morning? Maybe it's fear not. <laughs> no, it seems like the world is upside down, but fear not. Maybe it's trust. Maybe it's to rededicate and to place our hands and our, our lives in your hands one more time. But Lord, we're listening this morning. We see you, but God, we, we know that today is a special day for many reasons. But the story of Palm Sunday and Easter is more than a story. It's our story.